This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler fans. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Now introducing number 72, reporting as an eligible receiver, Zach Banner. Zach, how are you? Stress, man. Good, man. Thanks for having me, man. It actually feels good to finally be on this show. Oh, thank you, man. We really appreciate you, and we're happy that we finally made it work with all this craziness going on with the with the with the coronavirus and everything else. So we really appreciate this. Thanks for having me, bro. Yep. So, how fun is it to you for you to hear the crowd's reaction every time you report as an eligible receiver on the field? It's honest. It's it's so. It's just dope, man. I'm, I'm trying to find the word. Yeah. But really, it's just dope. It, it's just so cool. Like, you know, offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know how we, we, we. If all five of us are kick and tail, yep. which for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a very long time we've been the best offensive line in the league. Yep. Um, we're really, really adamant about that. Mm-hmm. It. You still don't get your name mentioned unless you are Al Villanueva on a special teams uh, field goal fake, and then it's a pass and a touchdown. <laughs> yep. Or unless we're doing community work. Or mm-hmm. the third option is we just gave up a sack. Yep. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you're usually not in the brightest, most obvious, or you know you don't have that much opportunity to, to have a little bit of a spotlight. So at the beginning, it was like, all right, this is dope. Then after a while, after a few games, which, by the way, Yenzers are Yenzers. Yeah. They love their beer. They love their specialty cocktail. Yeah. They, they're going to have a couple of drinks during the game. There is no stopping them. When they have something that they traditionally love, you're not stopping that. If they are booing you because you are a person who targeted their player in the last, you know, 100 AFC North matchups, yeah. they're going to boo you. and They're going to do that every single time. The the seventy two is eligible. There was no doubt, and like I didn't ask for it. It's not like you know. <laughs> know. That's why it was hilarious when Coach Coach Tomlin was talking about if he's being a cult hero, he needs to stop because he needs to focus on his job. Like there was no you know organizational meetings. There was no you know rallies or anything like that. It, I really think it was authentic. And when you go back to when it started, it started on Monday Night Football who not only we had uh, against the Dolphins, we had a very, very slow start offensively against them. Defense kicked tail all year this year, but we had a very, very slow start. And because we had a slow start and they were an O and I don't know how, whatever at the time, I know they ended up getting a win or two um, towards the end of the season. I don't want to diss the Dolphins. This really isn't about the Dolphins. There was an individual player, um, Vince Beagle, who I know very well from – you know, he was a high school American as well, and I played against him when he was at Wisconsin with TJ in the Holiday Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, Vince is a very, like, just very emotional. He's going to have a lot of energy if the team is having success. And if you bring that type of energy mm-hmm. into Heinz Field, they're not going to like that. 
those drunk yinzers that I was talking about or yeah. half drunk yinzers. Yeah. They try to act like they're, I'm not drunk, but really they can't walk straight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Those yinzers are not going to let you do that. Yep. So what, who was going against them most of the game? If you look back at when we're, especially when we're running the ball and running the ball well, mm-hmm. um, I was going against them. So it almost, it, I think it, I, I want to say it, there was one, there's one section who's responsible for the 72 is eligible. I'm not going to say which section because I don't know and I don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. Because if they're actually responsible for it, then yeah. 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 But the section is close to the end zone. Yeah. Yep. And when I'm subbing in and 72 is eligible, I think they were literally cheering me on. Yeah. To t- not take the guy out. I'm not malicious. I'm not dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to just you know, go in and, and, and whoop his ass, I guess, if that's, if that's really what you want to say. I, I, I really don't know. You can bleep that up. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. We're good. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, he's a good player. He's honest. I'm joking. When he goes, I'm joking. But at the same time, the whole 72 is eligible. I think that's how it originated. I, I think I've, seen enough people saying hey this started because of that and we were the ones who started it we're really proud of you and you know it kept going because the film that you guys post online and things like that i was having success at the jumbo tight end position this year and i'm very very fortunate because that 200 plus snaps that i had this year um it felt amazing to be out there and to, to have a role for a very successful program for a very successful franchise and it's just it's it's one of those type of things that is a dream come true? Mm-hmm. I can be happy with it. Yeah. I can settle, mm-hmm. but I want more. Yeah. I, re- I really yeah. do. And how does that transition into it? That transitions into me even getting in better shape mm-hmm. and off season, which I have been doing yeah. and just <laughs> reporting to Latrobe or whatever we're going to report, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and still dominating, but hopefully try to earn a starting position. That's, that's the truth. That's my honest opinion. Great. And that's a really good explanation of it. I also honestly know, like, I've been a fan since the 70s. I've never seen a phenomenon like this, and I find it super cool because I, I think personally, as the Yinzers watch you walk onto the field, you are a mountain of a man. You're one of the biggest linemen we've ever seen come on the field. And so I think, number one, you're noticed. It <laughs> doesn't matter how drunk you are. Yeah. They're going to notice the biggest guy on the field coming on for a, a tackle eligible. And then they got to know who you are. And I, for me, that's at least from the fan perspective, how it kind of created, but I, I love how it's going. And it really, honestly, when I, once I get to know you, it really fits your personality. So it's, it's a fun thing. And one of the, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. One of the best things in the world that I take it as a compliment because I hear so many good things about them, but a comparison that people make, is I, and then not only a comparison, but I know I made that jokingly tweet about that joking tweet about being called Tyson all the time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I dude, like you know how many times people have not since the whole seventy-two eligible thing, but before that, before it blew up, you know how many times in the past two years living out here that somebody thought I was Max Starks, <laughs> and that's a really great thing. Oh, wow, you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. really great. I, I think it, that is a compliment. He was a great player, and you know how I why I take that as a compliment why because is that? Ramon and Pounce mm-hmm. love that guy. Yeah, okay. Ramon and Pounce love him. And, like they they yeah. they like yeah. they loved how, the type of person he was. Mm-hmm. I always asked Ramon. I was like, how was he? Pounce would be like dude amazing dude yep. big big as hell like you mm-hmm. and just 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 a great teammate and ramon would say the same thing he was like 
great football player, even better person. So I, I, I take those comparisons when I really don't like comparisons because, you know, I, I don't know if it's been shown on my Twitter, but I'm, I'm really, really adamant about people's character and personality. Yeah. So as much as you want to compare me to the football player, yeah. they better be a good person too. Cause if they're a jerk to the, to, yeah. to, to normal, we call them a, we jokingly call them civilians because we're in the military and we're, 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 you know, in respect out to the military when I say that, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, civilians or fans, whatever you want to call them, yeah. um, they, they, like, you got to treat them with respect as well. Yeah. That is the biggest thing mm-hmm. in the world that I, I want people to know. Yes, I'm, I, I, I try to be funny and, and joke around and have a great personality, but mm-hmm. I don't ever want anybody thinking I'm a jerk. No. And and one interesting point too that Steeler Nation forgets to talk about how great a player Max Stark was, uh, Max Stark's it is or was I should say, um, mm-hmm. is that he is a Super Bowl champion starting at two different positions on the offensive line, one one year on his right tackle, uh, one right year as a left tackle. Yep. Yeah, you know how hard that is. Yes. To switch <laughs> and 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 that was. That was a big deal when I got here, mm-hmm. working with Munch at first and then Sweet Feet, yeah. as being one of the swing tackles with Tukes, yeah. is be re- both of y'all need to be ready to play both, and especially at jumbo at, at jumbo tight end, that that big package tight end, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you ha- you're literally switching stances, and people be you know people will say if they if they really don't understand football or yeah. offensive line, yeah. they'll be like, dude, all it is is a right right foot back, right foot down, no. left foot back, yeah. left foot down. <laughs> but the feeling, yeah, when you've been playing a certain tackle position, you're in, that's why I stayed right tackle at SC except yeah. for two games because. The starting right tackle, my or the starting left tackle, my other tackle, mm. one of my best friends in this world, Chad Wheeler. Yeah. He was our. We came in at the same time. He was left. I was right. We mm. left at the same time. And yeah. you know, uh, when he was hurt for those two games, I filled in. It was the, the hardest week of practice because you just get so stationary, and that's why when you know Pro Bowlers go to the Pro Bowl, they're they're over here, you know, drawing the smallest straw and who plays right tackle because they're pretty much usually, you know. Other than uh, what's his name from the Eagles, it, you know, um, they're usually a left tackle for their position, so they don't want to play in the Pro Bowl at right. And Al is usually the one that volunteers to do it. Yeah. Do both. <laughs> wow. And that's a big thing mm-hmm. that you mentioned too, bringing up Coach Munchak, because that was a transition then going to a new position coach last year. So especially with you being, you know, one of the younger players on the Steelers, and and you've gotten to experience both coaches, both in a, in a really hands-on coaching style way. How do those right. how, how do those feel going from one to the other? Obviously, we all know Munch's background being a Hall of Famer, an amazing lineman. Yeah. And then how is it going? How is the new coach also taking the approach? And how are you guys relating to him? I, I hate when people call him Sorette because no one calls him that in the building except for other coaches. We call him Sweet Feet. You yeah. know what I mean? That was that's, his nickname. Awesome. Um, I will allow him to get that out. But apparently, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, – he he went to uh he he know he knew he went to the same college uh, James Harrison went to. Oh, Kent. is that Kent when State? He, came, he was like, huh? Kent State. Kent State, yes, yeah. he did go to Kent State, and he's going to be laughing his tail off <laughs> that I didn't mention Kent State because I joke with him about you know him and Rosie about you know how trash of a program. Uh. Or, you know, the trash of a program that they came from. And he, they'll start laughing, and they're super prideful, and they defend it and things like that. And, you know, Sweet played there. So Sweet played there. Yeah. And it's it's 
it's awesome to be around Sweet Feet because the reason why he stayed and I know why the older guys advocated for him to be hired is mm. because it's we didn't want to be when you have that many you know at the time we had um when we had Gil and and before he had left and obviously before Ramon retired yeah. that five was together for a very long time yes so going into the the next off season I'm pretty sure just knowing them, you know, and I'm not speaking for them, but I'm pretty sure knowing them a big, you know, contribution to Sweet being hired, not only because he does his job very well, but because, you know, he they didn't want to beat. They didn't want to skip a beat. They didn't want to, you know, have to deal with a new coach coming in and, like, new calls, testing and things like that. They, You know, we have a very, very veteran group. And, you know, Sweet Feet stepped up and, and, and he's doing a great job at it. And I, I think some of the things that complement his coaching is that, you know, working underneath much for as many years as he did, I don't know the exact number to it. I think it was six or yeah. seven, however yeah. long it was. Because he was in the is system. The dude was just literally listening to this gold jacket player slash coach because he's not only a Hall of Famer, bro, but he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. He will always call much the best coach in the NFL, the best mm. offensive line coach in the NFL. Yep. Um, because he knew so much stuff. He just basically, you know, he was his apprentice for that long. You yes. know what I mean? If you want to take it to Star Wars terms, yeah. you know, he was his paddle, <laughs> you know, and it's, that's, that's, that's awesome. That That's awesome to feel that we miss much, dude. We miss his personality. Yeah. We miss him in the room. Sweet misses him. He like, he talks to Munch, I think almost every week. Like oh, nice. they, they, they call each other yeah. and they, they talk about ball and, you know, they're also – Denver's in the AFC as well, right? Yes, Denver's in the AFC West, yes. Yes, exactly. So so, so we play a lot of teams that they play. Yeah. So he'll call them and ask them, you know, what'd you do? Yeah. What'd you do? And he'll call <laughs> uh, – call him and ask him, what'd you guys do? Yeah. And, and, and to see that kind of relationship and to be around that type of thing mm-hmm. makes you appreciate the brotherhood of football. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, there's something I wanted to touch on, too, about your past that I found interesting that Steeler Nation may, may not know at all about you. Um, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. So basically, we found out that your biological father is Lincoln Kennedy, the Pro Bowl uh, offensive tackle that used to play in the NFL for you know years back in the 90s. Um, how is he now contributing to your football life? It's just he's just dude. He did. He did this life. You know what I mean? He, yep. he, he played for, I believe 10, nine to 10 years. Yeah. Um, I just two pro bowls, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I like so. we're, we're talking about a pro bowl, right? Tackle. Yep. If, if you want to take away the, 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 the title and the everything in terms of family wise, mm-hmm. he's a great football mind to be around. And he gives me advice around things like that. And he's just, he just get he you know he mentors me um in in things when i ask questions and he gives me advice on a lot of things in terms of like footwork stance off season training all these type of things you know he he's he's an open book when it comes to football yeah. and i really really appreciate that mm, that's great so going back to your high school days one thing that i found really interesting about your reputation is when you're either a freshman or a sophomore, you're just starting out in football, uh, but you were named as the Lancers most inspirational player. I think that's incredible that somebody so early on into school would be named that. Can you tell Steeler nation how you got that award and was it your sophomore or your freshman year? 
it's a blessing. It was just I, you're, you're giving me flashbacks. I'm, I'm getting giddy right now. Nice. I have, I, I forgot about that. Oh. You, know, you you play football for so long. Yeah. That and and that's a compliment to me, I guess, because there's a bunch of guys who you know want to give you their whole resume all the time when they talk about themselves, yeah, and that yeah. sounds a little bit you know big headed. Yeah. But Lakes High School is one of the preliminary like top dog high schools to go to in football in the state of Washington mm-hmm. public school, just to give you a background public school in an amazing place right next to Fort Lewis, one of the largest military bases in the world. So with that being said, it was one of the most diverse places I've ever gone to school or I've ever been. Yeah. Um, I think Pittsburgh is very, very similar to it mm-hmm. with the different types of people um, from the different social classes as well. And uh, there were people on our team with money. And then there were people on our team who lived in a trailer. Yeah. And I ended up being shoved in that district by my dad because he, you know, I'm a Tacoma kid and I'm really, really adamant about that and proud of that. And a lot of people from Tacoma are, it's like being from West PA, you know, people always, if you're from West PA, you're from West PA. If you're from Philly, you're from Philly. And yeah. if you're from everywhere else, then that sucks, but whatever. Uh, like, you know, like, and I, I say that as a joke, but yeah. people are really proud about where they come from. Yes. I'm really proud about it being a Tacoma kid. Amongst names like Desmond Trufant and yep. Marcus Trufant and yep. Isaiah Trufant and mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas, you know, there's a yes. lot of talent that come from our dad. Looked at me and said, "For you to be the best, you, I really think you should go to this school." So I was a little pissed off when I first got there. But mm-hmm. my type of personality for that inspirational word to go back to that yeah. is, I want to make sure we're all having. Fun. I want to make sure we win, and I only lost. I think I want to say I. I, I Oh, we ended up losing two my last year, um, but we lost. We went undefeated every year and lost to Bellevue. Um, oh. That's Dave DeCastro's high school, which is another wow. team that was winning you know, <laughs> back-to-back state championships for a while. Yeah. Dave is a couple years older than me. People treat him like he's old as crap, but uh, <laughs> he's really only a couple years. His last year before he got drafted, that uh, game when he played in Stanford, uh, played SC, the double overtime. Yeah. Uh, or is it double overtime or triple overtime? That crazy game with Andrew Luck mm. versus SC. Yeah, I watched that game going to before I went to my high school homecoming. You know, and it's it's crazy to see the type of talent that we have out of Washington, and I'm really really proud of that. But to go back to the inspirational thing, yeah, I just want to make sure we're all having fun. And yeah. if we're losing, I'm mm. not going to be giddy. I'm, I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah, I'm, but that. Is something that people want to be around. They want to be around somebody who wants to win football games, and they want to be around somebody who's a good person to have in the office. So yeah. I, I take pride in that. I, I want to be that guy, and I, I want to keep being that guy. And that was interesting that you mentioned Isaiah Thomas, the great basketball player, because you were known for your greatness in basketball as well in in high school. Uh, yeah, I think you guys won right. the states in your junior year. You had insane numbers in your senior season as well. What was it like playing right. basketball for you too? I mean, obviously it was one of your loves. Yeah, I loved it. I loved that. I used to growing up. Mm-hmm. This is very little known. Not too many people know this, but I loved basketball more than I loved football. At uh, one point, and this is why the great parents. I sat my parents down mm-hmm. because there was an AAU coach that was in my head. You know. At the time, I mean, I I got to Lakes High School at like set six seven three fifty, and then that off season, I ended up trimming down from I, I spurred up a little bit a couple inches. I was like six nine, 
yeah. 290 going into my sophomore year because <laughs> I, you know, I really had dreams about being a McDonald's All-American and yeah. an Army All-American at the same time. Yeah. And I was a McDon- McDonald's All-American nominee. That's not something really to flex because wow. I think that award goes out to like a couple hundred people. Yeah. So it's, it's not something like I, I like to put. Uh, you know, in my trophy case, but I have it at home, the yeah. certificate being sent. Um, it's just, it, and, I, and I cried my tail off. That's another, that's another thing. When they, when uh, they came out with the McDonald's all American yeah. uh, roster, yeah. I actually, true story. I, I told my dad and this is my senior year and I don't really tell my dad too many things cause he's, a, he's, he's a strict guy. You know, I don't talk to him like that, but I told him I, I'm, I'm going to leave school today and I'm just going to go home, um, play, play hooky, play sick because I was just so hurt. And, and I get the politics about, switch, you know, showing those types of things, but um, I was so hurt that I wasn't able to get that accolade. And, and, um, and, and that just, it taught me that there's going to be ups and downs yeah. of, of your career. And that was a learning lesson that there's going to be ups and downs over your career and all those type of things. But to go back to that, there was a, there was an AAU coach. I was telling me, you know, you could be a basketball player. Yeah. Got my parents down when I was in eighth grade and I asked them, you know, seriously, what do you think about me sticking to basketball? And luckily they looked at me and said, I, I see what you're saying, but we're going to make the parental decision and not letting our eighth grade kid make this drastic decision in his life. And I'm really happy they did. Now, if I mm. was to stick with the basketball game um, to describe to people, cause I didn't, I, I, I didn't really film as much as I probably should yeah. um, because I really wish that I did have that more of that film for my basketball stuff. Yeah. But I would have had to play like, you know, kind of like a Glenn Davis, big baby Davis, kind of like a, a guy. Cause there's a lot of six, nine guys in basketball. Yes. There's not too many six, nine guys in football. No. Um, no you're right. So when you have to change your body type, you know, kind of like a Draymond green type. Uh, yeah. I think that's even another type, you know, he lost all the, that weight at Michigan state um, to be able to transition into an NBA player. That's the kind of role and type of person that I would have had to be. And I was ready to make that decision in eighth grade. But when it came down to it at the end of the day, um, I was going into college as a book sport player and that was awesome. And just so Steeler nation knows what, how good of a basketball player you were, you averaged 18 points and nearly 18 rebounds a game your senior year. I mean, that is, you know, we're talking about Dennis Rodman numbers that if Dennis Rodman could score. <laughs> so, right. That exactly. Was, and that, and right. I, you talked about it a little bit earlier that the junior year when we won state, yeah. um, we had a Seattle basketball coach basically come down and take over our program. He's a legend um, mm-hmm. in Seattle basketball, jo- Joseph Rodriguez, a.k.a. Jojo Rodriguez, Coach Jojo, yeah. who I have a really good relationship with um, to this day. Love him like family. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a hold of right my freshman year mm-hmm. not me with another guy named brent merritt who was another seattle basketball coach and now he's the head basketball coach at Eastside catholic up there and they're dominating bell bellevue's kind of falling off a little bit and yeah. Eastside catholic took over um is still up there too as well but you know mm-hmm. the success my success goes in basketball goes to those two people jojo and brent because they got a hold of me my freshman year realized that I, you know, my dad and I have told him like, Hey, mm-hmm. I play both sports very seriously. Um, I train very seriously and I, you know, I, I, I want to be in the NFL mm-hmm. one day, Yeah. but 
this this basketball career. I want to take this as far as I can, and that, that's why it hurt so much. I wasn't, I didn't get the McDonald's All American um, yeah. nomination. I was a nominee, but I didn't, and you know, I didn't make the final team. Uh, Brent, when we were working out the whole time, you know, all the decisions we make, you know, I, you know, when I would tell him, especially, you know, I know it's known about my binge eating and things like that in yeah. the past, that yeah. and conquering that and getting over that. Wow. But he would look at me and tell me, like, you know. You 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 want to be a McDonald's player? or You want to go to McDonald's? He, he would say that. To me. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You want to be a McDonald's player? or You want to go to McDonald's? Yeah. And like yeah. that type of real talk uh, at a very young age, yeah, helped motivate me and understand that this profession mm-hmm. is designed around how athletic you are and how well shape you keep. So basketball was always there for me, which is why. Later on, when I had to make that decision to stop playing at SC because I had to have that hip surgery because I didn't know that I had hip impingement my whole life. Wow. I, it hurt, yeah. man. I, again, another, another moment that I'm going to be honest that I was at home dealing with before I posted about retiring about uh, retiring um, over Instagram yeah. uh, for my basketball career, mm-hmm. it, it just it hurt because I loved so much. Like I said earlier, I, I, yeah. I was a basketball fan. I used to watch the Sonics before they left. Uh, we drafted Kevin Durant. I yeah. followed him his whole career. Uh, one of my favorite players in the, in, in, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, we just – it's just a very, very awesome basketball environment. And along the way, I've been able to make really good relationships with, mm. you know, and have really good uh, friendly relationships with really amazing talent and also even better people like Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met Nate Robinson a couple of times. Mm. Um, I don't know him as well as those other two that I said, but yeah. those other two, you know, I, I came, I went through the same AAU program they did, um, especially Jamal, he played for Seattle Rotary. And those type of relationships, man, last forever. And now they support my football career. Mm. And when I go back home, you know, if they have camps and things like that, I'm I'm a resource if they want me to show face and help out with the kids. But basketball, you know, was a very, very it's 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 a very very close you know thing to my heart. It really is. So you didn't make McDonald's All-American, but in football you were named two-time All-American. You're the number two offensive tackle recruit in the country. You had an excellent academic record, 4-0, I think, your senior year, as well as being a class president. I mean, that's like the perfect resume. I'm sure you had your pick of any school in the nation to go to. So how did you whittle it down to USC? It really was down. The last three were was SC, um, Oklahoma, and University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Obviously, University of Washington was very close to home. Yeah. Um, they were dealing with a lot of things, you know, structurally as a program. Um, my freshman year mm-hmm. was the last time, or eighth grade. I, I can't think back that far. You would know better than me. But that's when mm-hmm. um, Willingham and those guys had, like, literally went 0-13. Oh, and 13. and wow. um, going into the thing, Sart came and, and, and did a good job with the program. But my ultimate you know, belief with this whole recruiting process and the, and the decision of not staying home was a very selfish decision. And that hurt because when I went on my final visit to university of Washington in one of my five official visits, my senior year, oh. um, we're on the drive back from Seattle, which is like 45 minutes from the house. From yeah. UW, and I'm in the, you know, I, I, I look at my mom and I just tell her like, 
it's going to be one of those other two schools. And that Mm. to see them, to see her, like who is also a UW alum and to see my dad who, who who loves me so much. He went to Washington state, Uh um, you know, just to be 45 minutes from that campus and just to let them both know that, Hey, it came down to the kind of final decision. But Mm. that winter, when I went on those visits, I just looked at him and said, I really think I should take opportunity. I should, take advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. to go to re- schools that not too many guys get offered to. Yeah. And SC and Oklahoma are up there yep. on that list. Yep. You know, they, they choose their five-star recruits. They, they're very selective about the four stars they offer. Yeah. And, and then and usually anybody underneath that is, is, is very, very lucky and blessed to find an opportunity to come in last minute to sign. Mm. So that was kind of the big decision. And then when it came down to Oklahoma and FC, the bottom line is, is that both of them are great programs at the end of the day that when it really came down to it, mm-hmm. um, SC is on the West coast, LA, LA felt like home more. It, yeah. it just did. Um, both of them are very, very, really, really good schools, especially in broadcast journalism, yep. which I was going to go into. Yeah. But at the same time, the city of LA itself, the combination of both have great alumni, but that private school education, you really don't understand what it's like until you're blessed to be a part of it. And this was the first time I ever went to a private school. This is the very first time I ever had an opportunity to go. I mean, dude, it costs 70 grand a year just to go there for regular students. Wow. That's just like tuition and board. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not on top of the other things that, you know what I mean? They have to pay for books and things like that. So the opportunity of going to SC was awesome and it hurt even more because the you know the the level of recruiting that i was dealing with you know my the people who recruited me from those schools was ed ordron who was Mm -hmm. the assistant head coach at the time behind coach kiffin yeah and also the head director for sc and now that we know the successes he's been having at lsu Mm -hmm. and was coach stoops at oklahoma yes the o-line coaches used to call me and check in with me but my main recruiters were two very, very powerful people in college football. Mm. So at the same time, Oklahoma and the successes they they have and they had while I was in school, while we were dealing with, you know, eight and four, eight and four season, another eight and four, eight and five, whatever it was. And then finally we were able to bring it back um, to to some nice, good feeling with that Rose Bowl win. You know, sometimes you ponder and you think like, what if I would have went there? What yeah. if I would have went to Oklahoma? What if I would have been the hometown kid that stayed home? Mm-hmm. I, I always end up back at the answer. Like through all the troubles and hardships that, you know, we went through and that I went through personally, I would do it again. Mm. I'm a Trojan for life. I'm really, really proud about that. Amazing story. And you brought up broadcast journalism. And another thing that Steeler Nation probably doesn't know about that I found super interesting in researching your backstory was – you obviously had an, an interest in sports and entertainment, but you ended up working for another Washington State guy who moved to L.A. and Colin <laughs> Coward. So how did you get that yes. opportunity and what was it like to work with him? Remember that alumni that I told you about, that alumni uh, program that we have in L.C. and yeah. the depth that we have nationwide? Yeah. One of the most powerful people amongst that group of alumni is an awesome person named Pat Hayden and JK McKay. Um, And both of them have their own personal stories of glory. Mm -hmm. Um, Pat Hayden was not only a Rhodes scholar and kicked Mm -hmm. tail in football and Mm -hmm. 
played played for the Rams, but he was also in broadcast for 25 plus years mm-hmm. and um, was also very very smart. He had his he had his law degree with all that all those accolades, and then also J.K. McKay. We always know about his dad, John McKay, mm-hmm. Trojan legend. But J.K. himself not was not only a star receiver at SC, but he, you know, he just, he's just had his successes. And I know his brother worked for the Falcons for a very long time. So they had their successes as a family. Both of those people, um, I forget JK's official title, but as the athletic director, Pat Hayden, and basically his, his wingman, JK, I worked for both of them my freshman summer. So, so I went through freshman year and that next following summer, slash spring kind of off season weird you know it's, it's weird to describe those couple months i worked in their office um as their assistant as literally i was answering phone calls hi uh you know uh, mr hayden's office how can i help you <laughs> and nice. i was getting coffee i was doing these type of things and that towards the end of that internship mr hayden looked at me and he said uh he sat down with me and jk he said i know you don't want to I don't, I know you don't want to be an assistant, you know, as your side job. So what do you want to do? And I, I, I looked at him and I told him, I said, I really want to get into broadcast journalism. I know you have your experiences yeah. w- with that. How do I do that? Mm. And he then was like, come with me. And he took me from his office to next door to JK's. Oh, wow. And he said, I think we should put, uh, I think we should put JK in touch with, uh, man, it's going to really, it bothers me that I, f- I forget the man's name because he no longer works there. Uh-huh. He actually stopped working there, but it was actually um, one of the corporate office workers over at Fox sports yeah. was a Trojan alum. Oh wow! And he, JK CC'd me on an email saying Zach, hey, Zach busted his tail all off season. And I think he's a really good intern. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to get into broadcast. What do you, how, what do you think? Yeah. Um, Randy Freer. Actually, nice. that is his name, nice. Randy Freer. And uh, he's like, he's like, I got you, Zach. Um, I'm going to put you in touch with Jacob. Mm-hmm. And he then CC'd me in another email with uh, another awesome Trojan alum named Jacob Ullman, who is what I believe his official t- title was talent director or whatever it is. That, that basically he was in charge for people who would be on camera and working with the talent that goes on camera and things like that. He's in charge of all that. He put me underneath Colin, and he had me work for Colin um, based off of not only being a Washington guy, but Colin is one of the biggest Trojan fans ever. Oh, cool. He's one of the the very few uh, people who work in broadcast journalism who make sure that they go to the USC spring spring game and things like that, or at least watch it and then – you know, talk about it and things like that. So that was really cool because my first 10 minutes every day was, Hey, how's ball going? Hey, what do you think about that new guy we recruited? All those types of things. So (laughs) that relationship, you know, of, you know, intern mentor type relationship is, is it it carries through today. And Mm -hmm. that conversation, I, I remember I went on the show for the first time during, uh, combine training and things like that and during the draft process and it was hilarious and if you ever get a chance to watch it on youtube watch it because all we're doing is just literally talking about how i was a guy getting coffee right behind there and and it was was hilarious because i put the lady on blast um she was like wait you used to be an intern here um i don't don't know if they still work together i haven't watched the show lately but i I, you know i was kind of giving her crap i was like no well now you see me you know not i was over there getting you coffee and everything like that and 
things like that yeah. jokingly, but <laughs> that, that relationship with Colin and that, the, those three years mm. that I worked for him in yeah. the off season, yeah. all spring and summer. Mm. Um, and that experience of not only seeing a very, very talented man mm. um, talk about sports broadcasts and, and just sports in general, and just to go on, like he made a career mm. off of talking about sports. Yes, he did. You have your Great podcast. One. Yeah, I yep. idolize that. <laughs> I love that. I think that when this is all done, I, I, of course, I want to go into that and I want to carry that on. I, I, you know, I really, really had to let the coaches know during my draft eval process that yeah. football is important. Nothing else is because you need to make sure that they know that. Yeah. But yes, that is exactly what I want to do when I grow up and be a big kid one day. Mm. So you ended up getting your degree in sociology. Was there a reason then why you switched from broadcast journalism to sociology? Oh wait, no, no, no! I got my degree in broadcast. Journalism. Oh, you did. Okay, then that's a that's that's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So you did get your yeah, degree in good. broadcast you're journalism. Good. Awesome. I oh, did. I got fantastic. my degree in broadcast. Um, graduated in three years, which sounds re- really cool and impressive. But to be honest with you, the way college football set up, the only way you can work out with the team in the facilities if you're taking classes during the the summer during that time off. And I know Stanford and other schools have different because Stanford doesn't have a. Uh, um, summer school, they have, you know, their kids intern and yeah. things like that. So, um, during the, during this, during the summer and things, it just sounds very Stanfordish too, by the way, just every, all of them intern, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, but what, so when it comes down to it at the end of the day, I had to take those courses. I just kind of stacked them up instead of taking only four units. I took six. Mm. Um, it was hard during the internship, but I just knew that if, you know, I have my eye, I had my eye on leaving early my junior year yeah so i really really took priority in making sure i had my degree mm-hmm. so that way i had the option of leaving because and i and i and i advocate that you know football players do that any all athletes do that but really football specific because not a lot of you know the other teams were during that that's not a time where they have to train so it, it's very very football specific but there should be no reason why a lot of college football players, a lot more college football players should have the degree. So mm-hmm. it is something that I'm very proud of and I, I take a lot of pride of. And my, my those those awesome parents that I told you about earlier, they have it, you know, the, the, the diploma hung up at the house. But at the same time, it should be an automatic thing. And, I, and when I talk to guys at SC or I talk to college football players, I tell them that all the time. So you ended up going for the to the combine, getting ready for the draft. Did the Steelers meet at all with you during the whole combine draft process before you were drafted? They did. They were one of the very the the very few like serious teams. And when I say that, you know, you hear about the the official interviews, and you hear about the 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 meetings. And the only thing that I didn't do with the Steelers is have a visit. And outside of that, you know, I, I understood their interest. And Coach Tomlin told me that all the time. Coach Tomlin has told me that before. He said, if you would have fell even a little bit more mm-hmm. in the draft and not not chosen at, you know, in the fourth round, we might have picked you up. And yeah. Coach Guimont, our uh, Coach Guy, I call him Coach Guy, but Coach Guimont, yeah. our strength coach, uh-huh. he, he talks about that all the time as well during that process. So, mm-hmm. um, like, like I said, one of those, you know, Steelers was one of the teams that interviewed me alongside uh, heavily and, and, and spent a lot of time with me. And in during the draft process, alongside with the Colts, yeah. Browns, um, it's funny how all three of, I've been on all three of those teams. I know, right? And uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay and so, some other some other teams, Patriots. Um, it's 
seems like it was so long ago I can't really remember. But yeah, yeah they were one of those. They they were one of the the few teams that were uh, that were looking at me very seriously. So you were drafted in the fourth by the Colts, and what was it like spending your first rookie training camp then in Indianapolis? It was it was a it was a life lesson, man. Yeah. Um, I've 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 only had one fine in my life mm-hmm. ever in the NFL, and that was six thousand uh, wow. dollars for six hundred dollars a pound for showing up oh, to camp gosh. overweight, um, ten pounds overweight. Wow. Now, I don't know if I've ever disclosed that information, uh-huh. um, but I just it just uh, that you know just the whole process of. Mm figuring it out that remember I talked about it a little bit earlier about yeah. Brent telling me, you know, you want, you want to be a McDonald's all American or you want to work at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, that was my entire college career. All yeah. those ups and downs I told you about, there's the success stories. And then there's the time where I had to ditch basketball and, and move on with my life. And, you know, had some, you know, everybody deals with family deaths and things like that. And I, I dealt with that as well. Mm. Um, during during my time and losing grandparents on both sides of my family and things like that. I'm not excuse making. I'm just giving you the reasons that the, the crap that I used, had to deal with my way of dealing with it was through food. Yeah. And Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts sat me down mm. when he brought me, you know, not only, you know, when I showed up to camp heavy said, you need to get your weight down, mm-hmm. you know, but I would go from 365 at the time to 363. But then the next time I, you know, so I'm showing progress. Oh, he's losing some weight. Yeah. But then, you know, the next time I weighed in, which they weighed me in every single day because oh, I, I deserved that. Yeah. Yeah. I deserved that. You know what I mean? I take, I acknowledge that and I take, you know, credit over that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, you know, and they told me, he didn't, and, uh, at the time, Coach Pagano looked at me and said, you, you were weighing in every day. We're going to fine you again when you show up overweight. And at the end of the time, at the end of the camp, um, during that process, you know, Chris Ballard looked at me and he said, look, I need to make some decisions, roster moves to make sure we keep Andrew Luck off the pup list and things like that. Yeah. Um, I need you, you right now. I don't think anybody needs a right tackle. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on waivers. Yeah. And I think that you'll still be here on Tuesday. I'm going to sign you to the practice squad, and you'll be on that until you lose the weight. Mm. And he said, I think this is going to be the best thing for your career. Mm. Little, you know, he took the risk, yeah. and he, he I lost. got claimed by yeah. four teams, yeah. and I ended up going to that uh, other team in the AFC North. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, <laughs> and with all that being said, it was a life lesson. So I get so instead of being on practice squad in my home in, on Tuesday, mm. I was – Actually, that week, it's hilarious because that first week of that 0-16 season that we had yeah. was Steelers in Cleveland. Wow. And yeah. that's when Chickle blocked that punt and everything like that. Yes. And, and Right at the beginning I of the was, game. That was, I, was in, I was in Cleveland on Tuesday instead of the practice squad in Indy. Yeah. Um, and that was another life lesson that, you, you know, you, put, you get put on that waiver wire. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility that another team needs tackle depth. Yep. So they're going to pick you up. So yep. don't get back on that waiver wire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't learn it as fast as possible um, or as fast as I should have. And then I ended up, you know, in another lesson being put on the waiver wire again in the off season. went to the Panthers for OTAs. Yeah. And, um, and then at the end of that, they just looked at me and said, Hey, we have our, we have, they had Matt Khalil at the time who yeah. they just signed another Trojan yeah. alum. They signed for some big money to be his left tackle and, 
Daryl Williams at right tackle had a, a all pro year the year before it. So I don't need tackle. That's what they looked at me. But during that time in OTAs, the best compliment that I ever had, which kind of helped springboard me into the rest of my career mm-hmm. and motivate me to lose all that weight that I did before I got here was is like, we see you losing weight and we see that weight is not an issue anymore. Keep that going, but nice. we wish you well. Nice. So that was kind of a, blessing in disguise because it was a compliment yeah it was the first time you know that i'm not being released or put on waivers whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. because of my weight yeah you know what i mean so i felt like i needed to keep that momentum going and then for a month and a half i was a free agent during that summer and the second week in latrobe Mm -hmm. um actually like two days before we actually left latrobe you know coach tomlin and those guys brought me in and it's been happy you know happily ever after ever since it hasn't been easy, but it's it's awesome. I love it. So, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk about too, because you came in two weeks into training camp, halfway through the preseason games, and was it tough for you then to come into that locker room? Or was it like kind of like jumping onto a moving train? There was a yeah, it was a, definitely a moving train. Yeah. Um, but there was remember those life lessons that I told you I went yep. before that. Um, I just made sure that I was just going to come in and play ball and focus on myself and focus on my weight. And when Mr. Colbert told me at the end of the uh, camp that we're going to keep you on this team mm-hmm. and we're going to keep you on the roster, you know, the active 53, um, but I want you to keep m- making this progress and losing this weight and develop this off season or, and this upcoming off season, which goes, you know, fast forward to the story that everybody knows is week eight after we beat the Panthers um, on Thursday night football, Friday, Coach T brought me into his office and told me, you know, uh, I want you to buy a house out here. Nice. I want you to stay out here all season. And nice. I want you to work with Coach Guimont. And I want you to mm-hmm. keep working with the awesome people that you've been working with. Like, you know, a guy named Tim Karen, who I work with out of the Legion um, gym in L.A. Um, I still do to this day. He was my assistant head strength coach at USC. Yeah. You know, he said, continue to work with these guys and continue to, to add key to your team. Um, Coach Guillemot, add them to your team and, and, and use these resources to help further your career. That was a springboard into the next year, was, a.k.a. last season, mm-hmm. when I was able to fill in at the swing tackle role and, yeah. and be a jumbo tight end all season and contribute. Now we're at the point of the podcast where we take questions from Steeler Nation. And this is the fun part of the podcast because Steeler fans, they always want to get to know you a little bit better and they always have crazy ideas. But first off, Heinz 57 wanted to know, and we at least saw, he said, you ran a few pass routes out of the tackle eligible position last season. Um, you, you obviously didn't get the ball thrown to you, but will you work with Ben on routes this year? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that Ben is probably, if I, if I am, when we do all get back together, uh-huh. Ben, will, when his arm is healthy and everything back and he's back throwing to all of us, uh-huh. He will tell me to line up out there, and he's probably going to throw a rocket at my head, you know what I mean, to make sure I, I have the hands to catch it. Yeah. If I do catch that, then I bet you money he'll throw me a pass in the future. Yep. Well, you, you're the basketball player, so I, I know you know how to handle a rock. So, I mean, that's – Thanks, man. Yeah, man. And then Cooley Man also wants to know, should you catch a patch? Should you, Cooley Man also wants to know, should you catch a pass? Do you have a touchdown celebration prepared? <laughs> I feel like I feel like if I pre-plan that, then I'm gonna end up dropping the ball. 
So if I actually <laughs> just focus on catching the ball and I do get a touchdown one day, um, it will all be improv. That's the only th- that's the only answer I have to that question. I promise you, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> it'll be fun. Whatever I think of at that time, whatever comes natural is what I'm going to do. Awesome. So the Steelers didn't draft a offensive tackle this year. How does that speak to the talent at right tackle in that room? And that comes from our fan Litos. Yeah, I know that. I know that a uh, quote from Coach T came out the other day when somebody asked him that during his interview. Uh-huh. You know about is it a compliment to mine and Chooks's development and work? Yeah. And to answer to keep this the answer simple, yes. And and that that's a good thing. That's a blessing. But also that's a lot of pressure going yeah. into camp this year. And um, I'm ready for that pressure. I like that. I, I love it. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> that's great. So let's talk a little bit about your charity foundation because i think that's something that all steeler nation should know about right b3 foundation mm-hmm. um it's i'm I obviously you know it, i started it and um my board of directors are two very important people in my life one is also my manager and publicist mm-hmm. um sarah bergstrom mm-hmm. who is very very good at what she does because not only does she have her experiences in visiting haiti every year oh, and she's been doing wow. that since college and for some years yeah. and doing work out there but she she's also in herself when she was at sc that that's that's where uh we became friends yeah um she's she's awesome with the the background knowledge that she has and not only working in sports mm-hmm. but also you know intertwining that with community service and how athletes have done that and so she she is always the person. Hey, what do you think we should do? Hey, do you, what do you think we we should do next? Um, what do you think compared to other foundations that you've worked with? What is smart? What is not smart? Things like that. Yeah. And then the other person on my team is my best friend Daniel. Um, he's my best friend from Lakes since since I was Lakes. I met met him when I first went to Lakes. Um, he's he's our treasurer and he's our number guy. You know, and he uh, he works in bank- banking in his personal life, and he uh, not only that, but also he's 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 the event coordinator and and community service coordinator with that type of things because the three locations of the B three Foundation of my foundation um, is Tacoma, Washington, and the, yeah. the 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 Tacoma, Seattle area, yeah. And Guam, the island of Guam, mm-hmm. um, US my territory. mom's home island. Yeah. Me being the, you know, the U.S. territory, me being the first player drafted um, mm. ch- from Chamorro descent of from Guam. Wow. And then uh, just uh, Los Angeles, you know, because of my, my love and passion that I have for SC and, you know, the South Central community and things like that, working with organizations like the Watts Rams and other uh, organizations and alumni, Trojan alumni and doing those type of things. So we, we have a really well balance of the community work in all three locations. Um, I can't do it without those two. I, I couldn't do it without those two, which is why they get a lot of the credit. I'm just a football player who likes to have fun working with kids. Both of them help manage the different parts of my organization, and together we're an awesome team. That's, that's incredible. So what is it specifically that your charity does to improve those unique communities? Yeah, we 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 focus so the, so the three B's are bringing together, uh-huh. building together, and better together. Mm. So it, it it's very kind of broad, but we we don't really have you know we don't we don't just do camps. Yeah. We also do camps. Um, the you know the first uh, annual I, I, that I have every year, the first football camp ever 
uh, on the island of Guam. No. Um, we plan that we're, we're planning on camps in LA and also back home in Tacoma. Um, we're just working out the logistics of it. And obviously with this whole coronavirus thing going, that's been delayed. Um, but we also do an annual backpack drive um, every single year yeah. uh, that we started. Last year was my first year. We're going to do it again this year. Nice. Um, we provided 300 backpacks to the, the kids in Tacoma and Guam. Mm. And um, we also do. We also had a mentoring program this year in Tacoma that Daniel helped operate because he lives out there in Tacoma while I'm out here in Pittsburgh. Mm. And we had a group of uh, kids from L.A., uh, not L.A., from Lakes High School, my my uh, my alma mater yeah. um we had a bunch of guys on the football team uh 10 to 12 guys 10 to 15 something like that uh where basically they met with daniel and talked about characteristics and things like that to become a mentor and we're going to place those kids mm-hmm. we were planning on it like i said with this off season but with the whole coronavirus thing that's been kind of delayed but we're basically planning on our model is to have those mentor kit those, those kids that we turned into mentors Oh, and cool. and now trust to yeah. uh, be mentors. We're going to place them in, you know, the youth's life. So oh, kids in wow. elementary, middle school. Yeah. And then we're going to use that as a, uh, you know, kind of use the plat- the success that we had this year with that. We're going to use that as a platform when we present it to other local high schools. Like, hey, give me 10 to 15 of your football players slash athletes. We don't just want to keep it to sports. We don't just want to keep it to boys. We want to get the girls involved too. Yeah. Let's get these guys involved. Give me 10 to 15 athletes who are both great students mm-hmm. and great athletes and let's put them in other kids lives. Let's, let's have them sit down and tell, tell these kids, Hey, build up the characteristics of working hard in both school and sports school first, mm-hmm. be a good person, yeah. care about, you know, not being deceitful and having good character, yeah. all these type of things. Um, basically te- teaching these kids how to continue to be good people because kids are awesome. Kids are kids are, are are like little flower beds. You know what I mean? That yep. you can just watch grow. Yeah. And how you grow them depends on the mentors or the people in their life. So if we can help spread that awesomeness yeah. in those three locations with that, you know, with that that uh, platform and that 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 base, that structure of that mentor program, mm-hmm. we can carry it, and it could be a huge part in success for the B3 Foundation. Oh, that's fantastic! And Steeler Nation. Get online, check out the B3Foundation.org. That's B as in Bravo, 3 is in the number 123, Foundation.org. Also, you got to follow Zach on social media, both Instagram and Twitter. He's at ZBNFL. That's ZB for Zach Banner, obviously. ZBNFL, both Instagram and Twitter. And Zach, I really appreciate our conversation today. I want to give you a uh, Steeler Nation podcast shirt, and we'll talk about that offline and getting you the right color and the right sizes but uh we, this has been such an awesome awesome conversation and i really appreciate all that you shared with us in steeler nation today thanks for having me striker and tell your wife and family and <laughs> we'll do man we'll do steeler nation you can also gear up on our gear page at steelernation.com to plus up your wardrobe or find unique gifts for the steeler fans in your life after you visit click on the forum button for the best football discussion on the internet SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the interwebs. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SteelerNationStriker with a Y. Thanks again for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Striker, with tackle-eligible Zach Banner, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!